right, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, put your feet up, it's time for the Other Three Amigos podcast, with Declan McCormack, Wayne Mullins and Dan. Three lads, one podcast. On this week's episode of the Other Three Amigos podcast, Eileen Ring makes her grand return, Dickie gets to touch the jacking off hand, we have both the Derry and Shams reviews. And we figure out how Dickie copes with the fame. All this and more on this week's episode of the Other Three Amigos podcast. Ooh, welcome to the Other Three Amigos podcast. Season three, episode six. I'm not keeping that up. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> episode 170 in total, your award winning podcast for 2022. We are now on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash app. Be sure to retweet as it's so important to help the pod grow. Uh, we're recording at the later time. Well, originally for nine. It's now half past nine after technical difficulties. How did you get on trick or treating tonight, my other two amigos? Eileen Ring, we shall start with you. Hi, lads. How are you? I got on great, yeah. Great haul down in Carrigaline. I apologise in advance for um, A, not being as cranky as Wayne and B, for the fireworks in the background. It sounds like a war zone. It sounds like Baghdad outside my uh, outside the window. I don't know if you can hear it at all. Decky, how did you get on trick or treating? Man, it's 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 a silly thing these days. It seems because like we have to drive from house to house for a start. There's no walking with bags, as I remember it, and lots of houses, lights off, gates closed. They knew no. you were out. Obviously, if Damien was here, he said that. Yeah, there's Eileen stepping in. Right, bag <laughs> on tight. Um, but yeah, um, disappointed five-year-old. I have to say, um, but look, it's fine. We stuck our heads in bowls of water and plucked apples out of them and did all those kind of things. So it was good fun. Okay. Uh, moving on, we're going to move things straight off to <laughs> So nice, had to be played twice no, Under-19s yeah. lost to Watford uh, 1-0 at home um, Under-17s or under-15s didn't play by the looks. Under-14s beat Bowes at home. Uh, Dave, 2-1. David Dunn and Joe Miskela, Miskela uh, with the goals there. The women's senior team, oh, yeah, I am interested this week anyway. Uh, did they have a game? No, Daniel, they didn't. Thank Christ. As anybody interested in the women's team would know. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, 10 disappointed people out there. Uh, we'll drive it straight on into Call Me Watch. Call Me Watch with Ivan Draco on the Other Three Amigos podcast. Should get that one going the next time uh, Stephen Bradley and Rovers come down. Um, the shed <laughs> corner block ban now was transferred to the Derry game. Eileen, how did that affect your match day experience? It was terrible. It was so weird. Like I sat over in the Derry Nan Road. It was grand view, like, but it was just I thought it was it was weird. Like the, there was no atmosphere in there. I would imagine even for the players coming out, it was it was an odd experience. And I think they went up to the top of the Derry Nan Road, some of the lads with the drums and stuff, but like you couldn't even hear it down the far side of the stand. So 
yeah, it was shit. Stop throwing bottles at players, lads, please. Did did you not venture into the uh, Tony Ford at all? Um, well, no, what, what was the decision process behind going into the Derry Nan as opposed to the Tony Ford? Could be um, sitting beside uh, your friend Decky. Yeah, I was just trying to avoid Decky. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want him like I didn't want to be around him when he was like leading kids astray and, and such you know so <laughs> stayed across the pitch you, you are stepping up uh, as the new Shreen in tonight <laughs> De- Decky I presume you couldn't give a shite you were just enjoying the view from the family section not in just not in, not in just like Oh, like that's seriously like, uh, no, it 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 made no difference to my match day experience one way or the other. You know, um, okay. we were happily ensconced in the Donny Ford. Uh, but Dick, she'll never change. Dick, you then went Jack and off Saturday night, um, and then you went to the Cove match. Can you tell us a bit about your experience? I tell you, lads. Genuinely, like, it was the most quintessential League of Ireland throwback night you could ever wish to experience. Like, I mean, it bucketed down rain. We got soaked to the skin. Then you're cold and your feet are wet because you're you're soaked. There's a game of football happening in front of you that should probably be abandoned at half time. should definitely be abandoned 20 minutes into the second half. But it's never going to be abandoned because there's absolutely no other chance in the calendar at any stage to actually replay the game, you know. You have kids running, you know, cove between the wall of the pitch and the stand. The whole place flooded. And you just you just have kids running through the puddles of water, just soaked from their fucking heads to their, their, their toes, like, you know. And you're just looking at it like, Christ almighty, what are you doing? Like, your mothers are going to kill you when you get home, like. Didn't care. Fellas pissing against walls because the jacks are too far away and they couldn't be bothered going, Corky, you know, yeah. walking around and going to the toilet. Like, yeah, Kids running like, away from you and It was just such a throwback. <laughs> and you're just standing there going, why are we, we're here because we love it. Like, it's like there's nowhere else in the world you'd rather be, even though you're soaked, you're frozen. It's an awful, awful, awful game of football. There's fellas pissing in the corner. <laughs> It's just, but it was, as a throwback, it was the most, as I said, quintessential League of Ireland night I've had in years. And in fairness to Cove, they won with the only, well, they drew the game, they won the tie with the only bit of skill that was produced by anybody in nine minute, in 90 minutes. And of course, it was the mass, the, ma- the maestro himself who produced it, like some some ball in in, in those conditions and. Um, Cove play Waterford next Saturday night in Turner's Cross. You got to this. You got to speak. Let's see how that goes to said maestro. How did that go? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, uh, it was it was it was good to talk to the la- to to the man. Like he's um he's a nice guy. He's fantastic player. Probably the best player in the division, and um he was very happy to speak to us. And he finds the whole jacking off stuff. Funny, yeah, well, which is what, exactly what was your last line? Be, you know, so <laughs> your last line the whole like... COVID, the whole COVID will be jacking off for the week, you know. Um, but you look, I mean, that's 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 the way it should be, you know. And Shane Keegan, um, we've got a relationship with him now as well. 
Ashashane is sound. Did he give uh, a... He's genuinely maybe the nice, nicest man in League of Ireland football. <laughs> Don't disrespect Richie like that. <laughs> did he give any hints he might Second be coming to... Uh, League of Ireland football. Did he give any hints he might be coming to Cork City next year? I didn't ask the question deliberately. I said I wouldn't, but I did tell him... I did say to him as I was leaving, there's two questions I didn't ask you tonight that I will ask you next week, you know. So we'll, um, we won't tell him what they are because I know he's listening, but um, he can definitely guess one of them anyway. Perfect stuff. Perfect stuff. Um, the match day graphics, they read Shamrock. I think they've been doing this actually a while. Obviously, big, big fans of the pod in Cork City, as we know. Um <laughs> So we have uh, Richie on about us versus them mentality and now Howie in with the, the whole Shamrock thing. Uh, that was great to see. But we're moving on swiftly, I think, to the no guard of honour. Uh, Eileen, your initial thoughts on this whole debacle. We'll start off with uh, City not doing it in the first place. We'll move on to Bradley's comments then. Um. Yeah, look at Try for me, guards of honor are nonsense in football. Like, there's there's no need for them. Um, a huge amount of respect for for Richie Holland for making the decision that he did and not having one. And the only issue here is the Shamrock manager who's decided to show a complete lack of respect. And look, that lad's just a wet wipe. Like he just wants to whinge over something every week. You've just won the league, and you still want to whinge over something. He's the only person he's shown absolutely no respect to our manager by refusing to use his name, despite the fact that he was congratulated and given two bottles of champagne. It's absolutely pathetic stuff. It's small-minded. And look, he obviously had nothing to whinge about because his board have presumably given him his pot of gold for the next season again. So he had to find something else to give out about. But it's nonsense. Like, And no, players don't want guard of honour. Management don't want clubs to want it. He just wants something to give out about. He's a pleb. I'm sorry now. And yeah, that's my feelings on it. In Richie, we trust, and I'm delighted we didn't do one. That's my feelings on it, really. Dicky, it's going to be hard to top that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Maybe Eileen might come on every week. Um, well, you know, she's right, though. And here's the thing it was a non story, it was nothing. Until Stephen Bradley made it into this big, massive story. A hullabaloo over absolutely nothing. Like, you've won three and a half league titles on the trot. Why are you getting bothered about whether you get a guard of honour in Cork or not? Like, it doesn't make much sense. You should be comfortable enough in your own achievements that you don't give a flying toss about whether the side's second bottom of the league give you a guard of honour or not? Like, are you that insecure in your own achievements that you need to have those achievements validated by the side who are second bottom? Why? What difference does it make to you? As I said, it just doesn't make sense to me as such. And, like, he talks about a lack of respect and all these things, and he's calling Richie weak, and as Eileen says, and I wrote about today in the piece I did on the on the website. Very good piece. He doesn't use Richie's name once. Doesn't use his name once. That, to me, was the biggest mark of disrespect we've seen in the League of Ireland in many years, because he did numerous media interviews. He did RTE, he did Red FM with Cullum, he 
like Dan MacDonald was there. So I know he spoke to Dan MacDonald because Dan MacDonald quotes him. He did other newspapers. He did other. And not once in all those interviews did he use Richie's name. So it's a conscious decision not to acknowledge Richie by name. None of us, none of us conduct ourselves like that. None of us conduct ourselves like that. And it won't get spoken about because his buddies in the Dublin media aren't going to speak about it. But I'm going to speak about it. And Eileen's spoken about it. And it's, it's, it's beyond disrespectful. Beyond disrespectful. And it wasn't that long ago, five or six years ago, when Stephen Bradley, every Shamrock Rovers fan in Ireland, wanted Stephen Bradley gone. And other managers went to bat for Stephen Bradley when they'd finished, you know, after games against Shamrock Rovers and they'd be asked, oh, you know, Bradley's under massive pressure at Shamrock Rovers. I can remember JC doing an interview after a televised game against them and saying, you know, no, they should stick with him. He'll get it right, etc., etc. You know, managers who could have punched down on him didn't punch down on him. They stood up for him and backed him and encouraged the Shamrock Rovers to stick with him. And it all worked out well for him. Now, he's one of the senior managers in the league, if not the senior manager in the league. Richie's doing his what? Was it his third game as manager? It's he okay. has a chance to stand up and take some of the pressure off a, a new a new manager. Richie's only 36. He's only cutting his teeth. And what does he do? He decides to punch down on him, try and piss all over him. <laughs> that. Have a small bit of cop on. Have a small bit of boat, yeah, you know? It's very easy to punch down. And that's all Stephen Bradley wanted to do last night was punch down. Punch down in Richie Holland and punch down in Cork City Football Club. And I, for one, am delighted that we stood up because this morning, Cork City fans are united behind their manager. I'm sure the players are behind, united behind the manager. The club are united behind the manager. Stephen Bradley did more for Cork City last night than Cork City have done for themselves all season because he helped unite the club. The club was splitting. There was obvious splits between the fan base and the team. They were growing wider by the week. This morning, today, tomorrow, next week, everybody's much closer than they were last week and it's all in the back of standing up for Richie Holland and backing up what he did. So, you know, Maybe come the end of the season when we win the playoff game, maybe we might look back and actually thank Stephen Bradley. And I hope in five or six years' time that Richie Holland's in a position where he'll be one of the senior managers in the league, having brought Cork City back to the brink, having won league titles. And I know Richie won't punch down on young managers coming up the way he was punched down on last night. Don't think I don't think I can follow up to be honest from either of the two of you. Uh, Eileen, is there anything you want to add to what Decky said there? No, just probably to reiterate, like if it's if Richie is in the position that the Shamrock manager is in a couple of years' time, like he wouldn't behave like that because he just has too much about him. He, he's like just park football for a minute, like, and there's a little bit of humanity has to come into play as well. And someone has shown none, and someone has shown an awful lot. And as he said. I was delighted Richie Holland was our manager anyway. A huge amount of time for him, but even more so this morning. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm quite happy to sit here and guarantee that he wouldn't behave like that um, because it's just not with it. It's just not in him. He's just too good a lad. So um, I just said, look, we're united. And 
onwards it's said it's, it's a non-story anyway as far as i'm concerned it's only one person has made it a story and it's just out of this desire to whinge us every week like do you know what i mean just shut up go to lincoln and go away yeah but it wasn't as if he was taken by surprise about the whole thing when i'm Dry you well will i go uh, from from what i can gather that um they had a they had they had a conversation before the game and I presume Richie, it seems Richie explained the whole situation in. And still, Bradley was ultimately an absolute crybaby about the whole situation. I'd prefer the two bottles of Moe to a guard of honour every single time. Uh, don't know what his issue is. And uh, hopefully Richie gets his own back someday, which I do believe he will. Um, and also, KM2 TV Archive can absolutely stuff it. After he had a go on our uh, <laughs> t- Twitter earlier, um, were you confused? Oh, what was the situation again, Dick? You'll be better explaining this than I will. I know it was just we 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 did a little video with um, that dry your eyes mate song and and guards of honor from rugby games, and um, that account said you forgot this one and put up a picture of. What he thought was Cork City, giving Dundalk a guard of honour onto the pitch above in Dundalk. But it actually is from the year that both ourselves and Bray Wanderers had the exact same home jersey. So while it looked like us, it was actually Bray Wanderers were the team giving Dundalk the guard of honour onto the pitch. So it was quite funny because he's a Boas fan and he he likes his gotcha moments with us. Um, so... While he thought he had his gotcha moment, he actually had made a complete nutter bollocks of it. But I'm not sure it's even worth talking about, to be honest with you. So I'm not going to say any more. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I'm missing a load from uh, <laughs> me and Dick. You're both dying here. <laughs> I feel like we're missing a load from Comedy Watch. Uh, to be honest, I went into the club shop over the weekend. All good, all good. I thought uh, the only thing is we're still selling those. Um, First Division Champions T-shirts. It's just and there's a lot of them there. It just looks a bit. But look, hold on to them. They might they might, they might be useful again next this time next year. You know, so <laughs> we'll st- yeah, we'll go and start sticking on. Uh, hopefully, some new players on onto the old ones. Uh, oh, there was one thing I wanted to say when I was at Turner's Craft. That terrible Dropkick Murphy song, Blood. They come out to. Not after it's all. Awful. After all, plays when they're. In, it's absolutely <laughs> dirt. I don't know whose decision that is, but you need to change that. They've been sticking with it for a while, lads. It is shocking, shocking. Uh, Dicky, have you paid any attention to it? Not in the slightest, lad. If it's not from the eighties or early nineties, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. People talk about Taylor Swift and all these people. <laughs> they say Taylor what? Swift. Never heard of Taylor. Who, never heard who? of Taylor. Who talks about her? Ne- but I'm just giving an example. Never heard. Never heard a Taylor Swift song in my life. Couldn't tell you the name of one Taylor Swift song. Couldn't tell you who's number one in the charts at the moment. Couldn't tell you who the biggest selling artists are. Haven't a notion, lad. Not a clue. You said Dropkick Murphy. I was like, what's that? Who's that? Don't know. No. Not a notion. None. And I'm quite happy with that. I'm happy in my own world. Quite contented. Once you know about Carousel, we're grand, Jack. It's good. 
<laughs> yes, carousel, limes, vita. You know, that's my one of my favorite genres of music. Something Decky do, definitely does know stuff about is football. And we're moving on now to the Derry review uh, from Friday. City nil, Derry won. Uh, Eileen will go to you first. Can you sum up uh, our performance from Friday night? Yeah, I thought we were very, very good in the first half. I should have been ahead. I'm not sure. Like I was talking to someone who was behind the goal and although I was raging that I saw the um, Lino on that side finally make a decision all by herself um, and it was one obviously went against us. Um, I think the ball actually was out from the cross. Um, <laughs> it's like you have never made a decision in your career and here we go. Of course, it's one against Cork City. She couldn't make a decision a few weeks ago and John O'Donovan was being fouled right in front of her though. But anyway, um, the second goal for me, like that's never for that's never a free. And like, if anything, like Connolly fouls Keaton, I think like that was from my view anyway. Um, I thought we were really, really good. Um, and equally, we were really, really awful in the second half. I think our subs were quite poor Um, they performed really, really like poorly when they came on with not going in hammer and tongs in any player. And the goal... Now, don't get me wrong, because as a strike, it's a cracking strike. Like, but Jesus, Mary and Joseph, the clearance first, and then a couple of lads throwing their arse in, instead of throwing a boot into tackle. Like, it's it's embarrassing. Like, if you're a coach and on the 12 side, you'd probably show that of how not to defend, um, which is frustrating. Um, and obviously, look, that kind of condemns us to the playoff when you tie in Saturday night. But, like... There's positives from the first half, but then like the second half, we kind of almost reverted to type. But look, conditions were hard. The pitch is desperate, but it's the same for both sides, I think. So yeah, I think the goal we concede is particularly infuriating for everyone there and everyone watching on because it said there's just so many opportunities before the ball falls to him. Like, and it said, I'm not taking away from the strike because it's a brilliant, brilliant strike. Um, it's just, I suppose, the build up to that. And I'm not going to blame just one player. There's copious amounts of players to blame. Wayne, I know you're listening, waiting for me to throw one player under the bus. I'm not going to. I'm going to throw five or six of them under the bus. Um, yeah, that has to be better. Like It really has to be better. Look, once the first clearance is poor, there's still an, a number of other players there that can, can intervene a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, look, frustrating because, as I said, I think at halftime, I was like, yeah, geez, we have them here. We're going to take them and we'll push this on. But look, that's football and I suppose that's the way our seasons went and I I don't think we really got any decisions I'm not going to say many decisions I'm going to say any decisions we never get those 50-50 calls like I said that's as much a foul on Connolly as it is, as it is on Keating like it's but it's they get the free so um. anyway yeah frustrating night but anyway over to Decky for his actual proper educated uh, summary of the game <laughs> Well, that was very good. I learned a long time ago that um oh how do I phrase this now what I was gonna say I can't hold my I don't know. Oh fuck it together. I learned a long hold time ago that Eileen's knowledge of the game is far is far greater than mine. You were holding your um, there. We leave it there. <laughs> Jesus. It's a lot better behaved than last oh, time. <laughs> Oh, stop. Yeah, but look, I mean, it was... Eileen's hit all the main points there. I think that the big one was that it was coming into halftime, 
we were talking in the chat group about Derry were going to make adjustments at half time and how would we come out second half? And again, it's the, look, it's the same regular story all year. Derry did make adjustments at half time and we just couldn't cope with couldn't cope with them. And like they bring Patrick McElhenney off the bench, they bring Sam Todd off the bench, you know. We're bringing Gordon Walker and Jason Cavilla, like, and a few more, like, you know, and it's just, that's not having a go at those guys. That's not having a go at those guys. But I'm just saying the difference in quality between a Patrick McElhenney and <laughs> the lads we brought on is is significant, like, you know, and that's that's where the game was fundamentally won and lost. And, and here's the thing. People at Cork City know that. Like, Richie straight out, after the game when talking to the media referenced quality and referenced our lack of quality and it was actually the first time i heard somebody say it all year straight out we lack quality and this is one of the things that starting to endear me to richie holland he's just saying things as they are as he sees them you know and he's correct we've said this all year we've a massive issue with quality we just don't have any you know we like we have Rory Keating, top scorer in the league, 13 league goals. And we create nothing for him. Like we created nothing for him against Derry. We created nothing against, for him against Shamrock Rovers. We've created nothing for him all year. Imagine how many goals that man would have scored this season if he had some quality ball coming into the box. If he had quality passes been, been played his way. And we just don't have it. And it's just something we just need to get through the season. It, you know, back to the old stuff again. We've just got to find a way to win the playoff. And then we need a serious squad overhaul with a serious injection of quality. And like the two first half goals, yeah, look, people's down that end, to be fair. Say the ball was out of play. Okay, but Eileen makes the point. We never get those 50-50s, you know. Like, I'm laughing as, as, as Eileen's talking about Michelle O'Neill making the decision you know I'm not going back over that ground again but uh, the second one yeah it's a push by Connolly onto Keating who then ends up on top of the other of McJanet isn't it it's one of those decisions that's always a free out but it's never given as a penalty you know and it's just very frustrating like we deserve to go in ahead, but the second half was abysmal. It was it was it was poor. And look, Eileen's referenced the goal. That goal is just a cacophony of shit from start to finish. Like there's no other way of describing it. Like so beautifully. There's put. just not like, and we can train. We like we we can be nice about it and whatnot. Like, but like there's a clearance back across our own area. Under nines, you're told you don't do that. It's the first thing I learned as a centre back. Do not play the ball across your own area. Then there's three failed attempts to win the ball. And then, to God love us, you've Jace Cabilla on the edge of the box. Like, he's out for a morning stroll or something, you know? I mean, like, like just, like, come on, like. I mean, like, you're wearing the shirt, you're wearing the crest. At least, at least pretend you're interested. At least pretend you want to know. And the most interesting thing for me the whole thing was of all the substitutions that Richie made on Monday Jace Kavia didn't see the pitch nobody will ever convince me that those two events aren't connected Richie Holland knows what he saw or what he didn't see in Jace Kavia's efforts 
to 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 stop Ronan Boyce getting that shot off. He knows what he saw, and he didn't get minutes on Monday. And that for me is brilliant because there's no consequences for your actions or your lack of actions for players. Too long the players have been getting away with all the bullshit and the rest of it. You know, there's no consequences for your inaction. And look, we don't ever call players out here, but like we're also a fans podcast and fans listen to this and they want to hear their, they want to hear their views reciprocated and spoken about. There wasn't one person left the ground on Friday night who didn't just shrug their shoulders and go, what, like, what was that? What kind of an effort was that? Like, There was just none there. So, I'm going to call it. I don't care. You know, that's that's just life. It's not a personal go at J.S. Kabea. There was just no effort there. There was just no desire there. There was no want there to stop running boys. You know? And then the petulance down in the corner afterwards, throwing the ball against the ground and acting, oh, you know, look how upset I am that I didn't get a throw in that I clearly knocked out of play. Like, just stop, like, you know? Just stop. Nobody's falling for it. Nobody's you're, you're fooling nobody, like. You're fooling nobody. People didn't look at that and think, oh, there's a guy who's really upset and giving his all for the shirt. They looked at it and thought, this guy's trying to have a son here, like. But it's been the same. City fans yeah. aren't having it, like, so look. It's been it's been the same if since he came in, it's kind of been the story of it. Like he'll do nothing and then he'll pick a fight with an opposition player or act a hard man or give him a bit of a shove. And then you'll go, oh, yeah. someone's showing a bit of fight. And I fell for it at the start. I was like, oh, great to see. But now I'm just like, yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Seen fellas do that for 30 years. Don't fight, like, yeah. Don't buy into it anymore. Like, you know. Um, Don't buy into it anymore. One point, I, just, yeah. one point I want to pick up on. Rory Keaton, do you think he'd get 20 goals a season if he had proper service coming into him? Yes. Absolutely. Best striker in the Absolutely. league. But we don't have the quality. Um, this season, yes. I think so. Maybe Afalabi, which is an interesting night. Like, the two boys have a shootout if they yeah. don't play for the, for the Golden Boot on Friday night, which is an interesting aspect. But we'll talk about that later on. I I think, in, because he's in such a poor side, and we are a poor side. Like Let's, let's not cut ourselves. Like, we are a poor side. He's living on scraps, and, and I think... He showed definite signs yesterday of frustration. You know, I mean, he had the incident where the whole stadium just all inhaled at the same time and just went, oh, no, and the ref took out a yellow card and the whole person went, thanks, because if he gets red there, he's probably getting done for violent conduct or something stupid like that in the referee's report. And he's getting two games and he's missing the playoff game. That to me looked like it was born out of frustration because he was just living on absolute scraps, you know. Um, no, to be fair, I will say this: I, I, I don't think he's been as at his absolute best the last few games either. But overall, over the season, I think, yeah, he's definitely been up there. Definitely be up there as the best in the league. I mean, he'll be in the team of the season. He'll probably in the I know we don't do a player of the season. This is personality, you know. He personality. He'll probably be in the running for that. Um. So I think there will be some 
national acknowledgement come his way for the season that he's had as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on to the Totap MVP from the Derry game. Jonas won this, 44.4% of the vote. Bagsy, second, 29.4%. Kravchuk, third, 14.5%. And Worman uh, in fourth with 11.1%. Um, Penny, for your thoughts? Uh, Cullum Nolan, how good is that guard of honour going to be? Laughing face. Billy Dorney, mixed, to be honest. Best and grittiest first 45 I've seen from this team. Uh, yes, we'd know local ref officials, but let's be honestly, we should not be in this situation under any circumstances. A city this size that can produce a decent team, something needs to change soon. I think he got it spot on at the end. Wayne, Richie Holland's Rebel Army, the most determined I've seen this team all year. Great first half, second meh, a tale of two cities, again from Billy Dorney. Um, Owen O'Donovan, two upset the talk now, so we'll reply tomorrow. But first thoughts are Damien robbed us, O'Reilly should have seen red. And Coleman was absolutely shocking as usual. Harsh on Coleman? Very. Yeah, that's very harsh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but like some people, some of our supporters just really don't like Ian Coleman. And just doesn't matter what he does, he's not going to change their mind. Like, and obviously Owen's in that camp. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Richie, I thought um, Keen was all right the other night, to be honest. I like him, to be honest. I, I you get what you get with him, like, and I don't think technically he's the greatest player in the world, but like, you could see it means an awful lot to him. And in a season where that's something we've lacked so much at times, like, for me, I, I personally, I said I, I, I like Ian Coleman. Um, I'm not saying he's the greatest player in the world, but I said he, he certainly cares every time he puts on the shirt, and it's never for lack of effort or lack of trying or anything like that. So, um. But yeah, there is certainly it's a bit like Aaron Bulger. There's certain sections of our supporters that just don't like him, and that's the nature of football and football fans, isn't it? And it's a game of opinions. Dickie, were you going to say something? No, I didn't cover it at all. Uh, the Donny Ford Ultra Mega Sergeant Platoon comes in utterly, utterly embarrassing in the second half. Derry scored after the ref played an advantage to us, but this season, us having possession is not an advantage. Laughing face, hard to believe that some of our players are actual professional footballers. Clown emoji face, Pam. Uh, David Crowley comes in, Kabia, uh, FFS face, Pam. Uh, Kevin Cronin lacking quality, no threat up either flank. Philip Philly Crowley, keep November 10th free. Colin Porter, subs made absolutely no difference. LOI Observer comes in. Them useless pricks have blood on their hands. Just felt a bit Don't um, overreact extreme, anyway. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't know what to end on. <laughs> All right, and I think that concludes our uh, our first app of this Totap episode. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors, NordVPN. We'll be back in the second half with the Shamrock Review and as well mailbag and jacking off this podcast is sponsored by NordVPN so listen up to the ad and hear what it's all about and get our offer for you so what is a VPN here's the nerd porn a VPN connection establishes a secure connection between you and the internet via the VPN all your data traffic is routed through an encrypted virtual tunnel this disguises your IP address when you use the internet, making its location invisible to everyone. Now the geeks have just blown their load. Here's for the normal person. So basically you can browse the net safely. Is that all I hear you ask? Absolutely not. 
If you think the government is watching you, then fear no more tinfoil hat man. They can't. With NordVPN, what else? Every wanted to watch BBC Player or something that's not available in your location. With NordVPN, you can watch all the stuff that you want in any location. Netflix across the world is available so you can access the latest episode of that Mexican soap opera that you've always wanted save money. Other countries can get stuff way cheaper. So just pop yourself in a different location and watch the bank balance, thank you. And of course, enjoy you time, you dirty man. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com/totap to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Welcome back to part two, Totapper. It is time for the Shamrock review. City nil, uh, Shamrock nil. Uh, Decky, we'll go to you first on this one. Your overall thoughts on the game? It probably opposite to the vast majority of our games this year. We were completely outplayed in the first half, and again going in a half time was turned to the lads. It was like Jesus. Rovers are going to make the adjustments and come out and, you know, most likely put us to bed second half. And that didn't happen. We made the adjustments. And we were much better in that second half. And that's that's hasn't been something that's really happened this season. And, like, I mean, it's a tiny thing. But you're at the stage now where you're heading into a playoff and you're trying to take the tiny things that are happening late in the season and hoping that they become big things in the playoff game, you know. And I think... That adjustment where basically Kravchuk and Bolger were far more disciplined, sat a little deeper, and we got a we got a foothold in the game in midfield to a degree. Now the game plan was, or it looked like it was like, let's keep it at nil nil and we'll have a goal later on, which is fine. First half was concerning because like you're playing Shamrock Rover's second team and they completely dominated us. Like and yeah. There's two ways of looking at it. Oh, we're shit. Or you can just look at it and say, look, lads, that's genuinely the difference in quality and how far away we are from being anyway competitive. And we have a long, hard, arduous road in front of us. And I see people thinking, oh, you know, we just get through the playoff and we'll, we'll, we'll make a push for Europe next year. Like, stop. Like, forget about it. Like, this is a three, four, five-year journey before you get yourself back to a Shamrock Rovers or a Pats level, you know? Like, okay, I say three, four, five-year. I recognise in the League of Ireland that things can change a bit quicker than that, but, like, we're miles off it. We're mi- and we know yeah. we're miles off it, so there's no point in getting into it again. But, look, I think it just illustrated that point very well. But as I said, half time we adjusted and like we win the game only for an unbelievable save from Leon Poles later on. Like two, and it was an unbelievable save. And we, yeah, two like the Kravchuk wins this cross, but like the save from the header is is incredible. Like, and it's just like, er, like you know, we don't get much go our way. We've said this already, you know, and. That would have been a nice boost. It would have been a good game to win. But we didn't lose it. And we've we conceded one goal in two games against Derry and Shamrock Rovers. We've conceded one goal in three games in total. Again, you're clinging to the small things and hope. But like, 
That's what we have to do. We're fans. I'm sure that's what Richie's saying to the players and we'll be saying to the players all week. We've conceded one in three. We've two clean sheets out of the last three games. Let's go to Bowes and keep another clean sheet, go into the playoff game on the back of three clean sheets from four. And all of a sudden, whoever it is, Waterford or Cove, are going to be thinking, well, these boys are after tightening up big time at the back. I wonder, can we score? You know, let's start putting doubts into the minds of those who we're going to face. We all have our own doubts about ourselves. We know what they are. But let's start putting things out there that will put doubts in the mind of Waterford or Cove, whoever it may be, um, when they have to come and play us. Eileen, cause to be concerned that uh, it was largely the Shamrock Grover's uh, second string team. Yeah, but like I suppose I just would be cognizant that I think like the way the result went Friday night or the way the Sligo Drahada game went it's almost like I suppose like as a player and you're playing at a high level, they always had this hope that maybe maybe they would kind of save themselves from a playoff. And I think it's like leaving the air out of a balloon. And I thought they were really deflated early. And like and it said, once they got in at halftime, obviously Richie and the backroom team were able to get their message across. And we were a lot better in the second half, um, an awful lot better. And I've been impressed with Tiernan Brooks. Like it's his distribution. Like he had a couple of really like quick long balls. And like Wayne spoke last week, and like he hit the nail on the head when he said, "Like we do not move the ball fast enough. Like we don't at all. Whether players just aren't capable of doing it, or they just don't have that confidence at the moment to do it. So once or twice, it was a real option for us. And I think especially with a playoff approaching, like if he stays in goal." Like that's kind of like once or twice, like that long ball or that quick long ball was kind of like distribution that we haven't seen since we haven't seen it all year. Like, do you know what I mean? Since really since David Harrington last year, which I think was something we probably took for granted. He, it was such a good outlet for us. Um, but yeah, like I know it was Shamrock's second team, but as Decky said, it like they're we're a million miles from that. Like we're we're a million miles from them and even like some of the players they're playing there, like they're still like, they'd all start for us. Like that's second string team. So like, I suppose that's probably how you have to look at it. Like there's not one of those players that you wouldn't be saying, Oh yeah. Like, nah, he'd be on our bench. Like they wouldn't, they'd all start. Um, so yeah, look, I'm lucky in the end, I think not to win it. Um, might be slightly concerned about Josh Honahan. Obviously Richie said afterwards, he had a little bit of a niggle. Um, and like, that's no joke playing on that pitch twice in, twice in what three days it's tough like so hopefully um there's nothing serious there but like it was that kind of I still talk about in the buzz preview but like as Decky said earlier on with Rory Keating where he has that moment you're like oh, f- when he sent off I nearly want to go and put on rates out against Bose so I don't have that feeling again to be honest about some of missing playoffs Do you know like it's that fine line are you are you preparing for the playoffs or are you, you going to have to wrap one or two up and I, I think it might be a case of one or two might have to be wrapped up on Friday night just to so that they're okay for the following week. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it came up in the mailbag, but I will go to it now. Are we going with Brooks? Or are we going with Byrne for the rest of the season? Stick with you, Eileen. I'm going to, I think I'd stay with Brooks, I think, to be honest. I think he's very vocal. As I said, I think his distribution is something that we've really, really missed. Um, I think he was, he was very, very good in the, in the two games. I don't know anything about goalkeeping. Probably couldn't catch a cold, but maybe for the Derry goal, does he lead with his wrong hand? But I also know nothing about goalkeeping, so I am cognizant of that. Um, I don't know. I just think he, for me, he looks better. But said I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but I, I certainly think he offers something that 
we have missed since David Harrington's gone with his distribution. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a better uh, presence to him. Decky, would you go be uh, taking Brooks for the rest of the season when you're finished your on there? Oh, do you know what? I'm not trying to avoid the question. And I will say I think I'm sticking with Bourne because I don't think Ollie Bourne has done anything to not deserve to be in goal. But it's certainly not a hill I'm willing to die on. And Richie and the coaches are watching them in training every day and they have a far greater idea of their goalkeeping ability than I would ever have. Eileen raised the point for me. Tiernan Brooks goes with his wrong hand for the Derry game. He, he goes with his left across his body. To me, it's you put up your right hand and you, you have a much better chance of getting your right hand up and tipping the ball over the crossbar. But I was talking to um, a goalkeeper on Saturday and they were saying, no, there's there's different reasons why you do that. And So, look, I'm, I'm that's not a criticism of Tiernan. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite comfortable with either of the which, which they go with. As I said, I'm leaning towards um, Ali simply because I don't think he did a whole lot wrong in the, what was it, 12 or 13 game span that he he played for us and goal. No, he's been decent. He's been uh, he's been decent. Uh, we're going to go on to the MVP, Richie Holland, the clear winner with 47.6% of the vote. Uh, Brooks with 23.8%. Dyke Steele with 15%. Honahan with 13.6 uh, a reminder the MVP is most valuable person uh, not necessarily player and we're going to straight into <laughs> well we, we just made that up on uh, that can night. we just say we might as well we might as well say it like we, we put Richie in there for obvious reasons and whatnot but it, it doesn't affect the, the MVP is over the MVP has been won you know it can't there's not enough games left to alter that um, outcome. And I guess everybody can probably guess that Rory Keaton um, is this season's toe-tap MVP. How are we going to get so that trophy? We just need to buy a trophy. Yeah, we just need to buy a trophy, get it engraved, and somehow get it to him. Because, of course, we should have had all that done for yesterday in the last home game and the rest of it. But toe-tap being toe-tap, era. We started out. We we come up with something toe tappy in the next couple of weeks and um, get it to him somehow or another. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, he won't be throwing uh, any stuff on the pitch though. Uh, Penny, for your thoughts, Duncan Noonan, really strong <laughs> second half performance. They can be proud of. If we can play it like that on Friday, we could turn balls over and bring it into the playoffs. Billy Dorney first uh, drivel first half, but bloody brilliant heart in the second half, lacking quality. 100% effort in the last 45. Uh, Anthony O'Sullivan outclassed most of the game, to be honest. Good push towards the end. We are adapting better tactically to, ga- to games towards the end, which is good. Um, Owen Donovan, good performance tonight by the lads. Had a couple of good chances in the second half. And the save. Uh, LOI Observer should start petitioning to ban us from taking long throw-ins. Yeah, the long throw-ins has one of them ever worked remotely well all season. No. No. Why can I just state as well? I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that Ono Donovan recovered from being unable to speak <laughs> on Friday night to being back to being able to communicate with us on Monday. Anyway, so glad to hear you're doing. You're 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 feeling better, Owen. Oh, go on. What was the story? <laughs> no, but that's it. He just said he said on on Friday's mailbag that he couldn't speak. 
He was too upset to too uh, upset to speak on Friday. Okay. And then, but he was back to us on Monday. So as I said, I'm just glad to hear he was okay. Um, look, long throw-ins, like, they, but they are a weapon. It is getting the ball in the box and. Yeah, but hit it to someone who can then take it on their foot and then cross it in. No, I know, I understand. There's a part of me wants to say that maybe it hasn't worked all year, but it's going to work in the playoff final and Jeez. go in off we Ian Coleman's arse. We haven't scored very many from corners either. Like. No, we haven't, but we don't generate many corners. We have the second lowest corner count in the league after UCD. But, like, I mean, that's probably for obvious reasons. But again, that could like you can argue then that that comes down to quality as well because when you're not creating chances and you're not getting balls in the box, then defenders aren't knocking them away. And you know, there's always a reason. Like the reason we don't generate many corners is because we're not getting quality balls into the box that have to be defended in a way that they have to be cleared and put out for corners. Well, but look, Bagsy took um, one. Uh, we, yeah, look, we Bagsy took one on about five feet. It's like it was like he threw a balloon. <laughs> it's about ten feet, like. No, it actually ended up, I think it ended up with a chance somehow. I think uh, it was a crab truck or someone rescued it. But yeah, I don't know why we keep persisting with him. And I don't see it working in the playoff final, but I hope I am wrong. Quiet enough old Penny this week. There was only, let's say, eight or nine uh, in there. Uh, I think people were fairly content. You're, you're, you're in a lull, Dan. You're in, you're in a lull now, Dan, where people like, wait till you see Boas on Friday night. There'll be about six votes in the MVP, I'd say. And maybe three contributions the penny for your thoughts because everybody's just, just recharging like, okay let's just yeah let's just recharge the batteries now for there's going to be a massive build-up to that playoff game as well like there's going to be a be a cove or waterford if it's waterford next week's pod is going to be all about you know we might open i'm, I'm debating whether we open the pod with the opening intro music from porridge or whether we do it from prison break, you know? If it's Cove, obviously it's going to go a very different route, but it will still be intense. So, like there's off. going to be a big me jacking off intensely. There's going to be a big media build up. Glad to, Wayne is yeah, back there's going for to be that. a big media build up to that. There's going to <laughs> there's going to be a big social media build up to it and there's going to be a lot of shit flying on on social media and the rest of it, you know? So I think yeah, look, Monday Monday was always going to be quiet. I think this Friday will be quiet. And then you get into a big week of build-up into that big game then, and then all hell breaks loose on that Friday night. Okay. Win, lose, or draw, all hell breaks loose, I think. Uh, we're basically underway with the the Bows preview anyway. Uh, in Daily Mount this Friday, City versus Bows. Two games left in our season. This is the one to prepare in anticipation of the big day. I, I lean, like... Where do we even begin? What what are we starting the team that is going to play the playoff final? Presumably so. Are you trying to, as you, I think you said earlier, put some lads in cotton wool? Well, I know that might be wrong. Is Aaron Bulger possibly only one card off suspension? So I wouldn't imagine he's going to play. Um, yeah, he can't yeah. play. He can't. Like or not, he's not going to be risked. Um, I'm on Team Decky in the Aaron Bulger argument, so he's definitely not going to be risked. Um, Yay! But. Like, yeah, I do think he'll probably go with as close as he can go to that starting 11 for the playoffs because, I, look, I suppose you have to and football's football and you can, I suppose, try your best to avoid injuries and stuff. But, look, these things can happen anyway in injuries, in training even. Like, so, um, 
I think once they're fully fit, I don't think he's going to risk anyone with a knock or anything like that. Um, I think we'll see close enough what we're going to see the following Friday. Um, I think Bowles, well, I don't know, I hate Bowles. Just, just go out and get a result and just upset them. They're just so irritating. Are they even a football club? Are they just climbing officers who like bees? I don't know. I don't like talking about Bowles. I really don't like them. And does anyone have healed the world? I only, that's the only reason Are I came on. Are they still fighting for that European place or is that sewn up for them? No, there's, that's still ongoing. They're in sixth. They're in sixth. Mm. They're like, yeah, they've fallen, they've fallen badly. They have fallen badly. And I mean, their record over the last four months is not great. And like, I know now I'm getting way ahead of myself, like, but if we stay up and I think you look to next season and you look at which clubs might be vulnerable, like clubs that will finish above us this year that might be vulnerable. Obviously, Sligo are the obvious one. Galway didn't finish above us, but coming up, you'd hope that you could finish above them. And I think Bowes are one that are really vulnerable because Keith Buckley is obviously, unfortunately for him, and you you don't ever want to see any player get a serious injury. He did his ACL um, two weeks ago. So he's gone for maybe half a next season. They probably lose James McManus. They probably lose McManus, Clark, maybe, to England, who are two of the better young players. Afalabi, I know they're in a strong position with because they have him on a two-year deal. So he has a year left. But if he gets an offer from England and he really wants to go, it's difficult to stop him. And if you do stop him, then you have a pissed-off player. So of all the clubs, I think Bowes are one who might be vulnerable next year. Pats are going to lose Sam Curtis. They might lose um, uh, Dun- Adam Dundalk are surely, you know, surely there for the taking next year if we're still here. Yeah, Dundalk or another one. Yeah, so like I'd have Bowes. Like I'm not saying they will be, but I'm saying there's there's a way it can work out where Bowes are vulnerable next year. But as I said, that's getting way ahead of myself. They're playing the cup final the week after the same weekend we play the playoff. Do they put out their cup final team and go into it? Or do does the Keith Buckley injury scare them? The same way that the Rory Keating reaction on Monday has scared me. Because I was always in the camp of, I want to play the team against Bowes that I'm going to play in the playoff. And then that Rory Keating moment happened and I've nearly flip-flopped completely because the consequences of something stupid happening are so draconian, you know? And I think if, like, Richie Richie and the, the lads will know from training and the rest of it, you know, how guys are feeling and what way things are going. But I think if they get any sense at all that there's a frustration in Rory that, you know, there's even a, a half of 1% chance that he might lash out or do something, so I think... You can't take the risk, like you can't. Kevin Kostovich didn't play on Monday. You can probably play him. Jonas was sick. Joe Brian Whitmarsh has missed the last two games. I, I, I'm fully certain Richie wants him in his playoff team. So I think there are players that you that you start because they need a start. I think Joe is one of those. Obviously, Eileen's already said Barry or Barry. Yeah, I won't even. Um, Aaron Bulger can't play he just you just, like he just can't he can't even get on the team bus for fear that you know he trips somebody in the car park or something and 
a referee books him in the car park, like, you know, you just like keep him away out of it. Like, you know, just Aaron, stay at home. Like, don't leave the house for the weekend. Stay at home. If you see a referee, if you're walking down Patrick Street and Pat Kelly's coming against you, cross the road, you know, take absolutely no chances whatsoever. Right. So, um, yeah, like, I don't know. Does, does he want to put Ali Byrne back in goal and give him another? I don't know. Like, it's really, really hard to know. Really hard to know what, what he's going to do. Guys are going to be suffering as well. Obviously, Josh picked up a niggle. Lots of guys in the last 15 minutes against Shamrock Rovers. And it wasn't just our guys. It was Rovers guys as well. Guys were stretching out. Even when they were moving, when they were running. They were half limping. They were it was they were dragging their muscles and their bones around, kind of in spite of them. So all that stuff weighs up. Like so, I've gone from I want to play my playoff team to almost going. I don't want to risk anybody, you know. But then they go in cold the next week, having not played in twelve days or whatever it is. So is that? A, I mean. Look, this is why Richie and the lads are on the big money <laughs> um, to make these decisions, you know. So um, I trust whatever decisions they make. I will say that much. Just out of curiosity, were the Cove players doing, um, I don't know what I'm looking for, something similar uh, to the City players, you know, limping around a bit. Were they carrying a few knocks? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, it was it was it was tough going in Cove on Saturday. It was like the pitch was like Kevin or Kevin Keegan, <laughs> Shane Keegan, um, said it that you know, look, he wanted the game when they were one down. He wanted the game abandoned. The second they got the one all, he had no interest in the game being abandoned. You know, which is fair enough. But like I mean, it wouldn't have been that outrageous if it was genuinely. It wouldn't. You know, same way as like the Shamrock Rovers game. Like, that's, I don't think that game is ever being played if there's three months left in the season. But it's the last game, you know, it's the last week, yeah. second last weekend of the season. When are they pitch. going to reschedule it for? They can't, like, you know. So I think that's basically the only reason that game went ahead, to be honest. Um, but look, I think we just want to get in and out of the Bowes game not worried about the results would have would like to see a good performance i think we need a performance but i'm really torn on <laughs> on a team i'm playing joe o'brien with marsh after that i'm really not sure what i'm doing okay uh i'll stick with you here we'll go to eileen in a sec uh prediction time ultimately what do you think the score is going to be i'm going to say Bows go with their cup final team. We don't go with our playoff team. We don't go with a lot of our playoff team. And we still beat them 2-1 because they're on a, do- a downward spiral. I also am predicting 2-1. Eileen? I will go 1-0 City. We'll keep our clean sheet uh, streak. So. Very good, very good. Um, Clean sheet would be important. Yeah, we're going moving in to the mailbag now. We're going to have a roam with around. Ah, yeah. Postman Pata, Postman Pata, Postman Pata, and in black and white, Kiata. Kiata, Duncan Unan comes in. What's more important, buses 
or B's need an in-depth analysis? Uh, Eileen, we'll go to you. This nearly turned me off coming on the podcast. Because you did reply already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he, was, he just didn't want to hear from me. And I, look, I get that too. Um, no comment. I'm not talking about that excuse for a football club. I leave that to Decky there now. Or climate officers. He left them out. Dan, you're the host here. You need to get a grip of your guests. Like, you can't even <laughs> bail like that, you know? Um, like, it depends on what world you want to live in. If you want to live in a world where you can get from Mallow to Cork in approximately 35 minutes, then it's buses. If you want to live in a sustainable environment where you have little black and yellow things with wings that pollinate flowers on a regular basis, then it's bees, you know, and. But, but, but you, but you can sell bus, but bus, uh, seat designed jerseys. And, you know, you can give all that money to UNICEF then, or the like, if you really think about it that way, Decky. Yeah, but look, if you want to go down that road, why don't we just say that Bowes are a football club that now reflect one man's political views? And, Pretty you know, much. just say, look, that's that's what they are. You know, it's it's one man's political views that has somehow taken over a whole football club. Fair play to him. More power to him. Hit the nail with your head. Uh, Billy Zorney. I don't know what else to say. Like. Play Cove in Cove. Play Cove in Cove and we're going down. Playing Cove in Turner's Cross or a neutral venue. 50-50 versus Waterford anywhere on the planet Earth. We'd bait the shite out of them. I fear Cove. Not just JD. <laughs> when, when, we're not playing Cove and Cove anyway. That's one thing that is not happening. And actually, we might as well address this now because it's the thing, you know, I got I got messages from people in Cove the other day when on it was Sunday, I think we tweeted that Cove would be amenable to playing the playoff final. Should they make it, they would be OK with playing that in Turner's Cross against us. That's what I was told by people involved in Cove when I was in Cove on Saturday for the game. And it, it, make, it's, it makes perfect sense. When you sit down and you think about it, I genuinely believe, I think a Cork City Cove playoff final in Turner's Cross sells out or goes pretty close to selling out because it would be an interesting game, you know, for, for, your, for your, oh yeah, Jesus, 15 quid, I'll, I'll go and watch Cove and City, all right, like, I think you get six and a half thousand people there by 15 quid is what, hundreds and... I wish I could do the maths in my head nor that I had done them before we started. But, you know, it's a, it's a nice few pound. Take out the expenses and it's a 50-50 gate split. Perfect. Say, say Cove, I'm pulling numbers out of my arse now, so don't quote me. But say, say Cove pull, what, 45, 50 grand out of that game? Fair part of if we go, If we all have to go to Waterford or we all have to go to Dublin, you go from 6,500 to what, 2,500 maybe? Plus, they then have the expense of running a bus, feeding 30-odd people. You know, all those expenses add up. And you probably go from maybe clearing 45, 50 to maybe what? 20, 25 maybe? If even? Less? So it's a business decision that makes perfect sense for Cove to be willing to play in Turner's Cross. Now, like Shane Keegan says, I've managed Cove 
twice in Turner's Cross against Cork City. I've won both times. Like, they're not afraid to play us, lads. They are not afraid That's to why play I think us. I think Turner's Cross why would they be? is to our detriment, to be honest. Even if it's a home ground, we haven't really showed up in the big games there all season. Uh, they have, well, not in big, big games necessarily, Munster Senior League, but um, still, they've beaten see, us there. I they don't, don't care. I, I, yeah, I don't buy into that because each individual game is an event of its own. You know, what happened, like, and people say this about, oh, Cork City don't play in well and turn his cross in front of RTE cameras and the rest of it. Well, what happened in front of RTE cameras two and a half years ago has no bearing on what's going to happen in front of RTE cameras next week, next month, next year. You know, each game is just an individual game played on its own merits. So I don't really buy into that. But like just one other thing to finish this up. I was then in Turner's Cross, obviously, on Monday for the Shamrock Rovers game. And I spoke to people in Turner's Cross. And the impression in Turner's Cross was that while, yes, Cove are amenable and willing to play the game in Turner's Cross, that because the Irish under-21 game against Italy is the following weekend, that the game would not be played at Turner's Cross because the pitch would be saved for the under-21 international. So the FAI stroke, MFA stroke, whoever it may be, would be willing to send City and Cove fans to Waterford or Richmond Park rather than allow the game to be played in Turner's Cross. Now look, that was the word on the grapevine. That's what was being spoken about by people who should know. So it's a fluid situation and I guess we'll see soon how it works out. But obviously that all depends on Cove beating Waterford um, next Saturday. Okay. Uh, Rory Lally comes in. It was an honour to meet the stats man. Uh, I presume that's you, Dickie. At the Rovers game. Did he ask you any questions about yeah, turtles, was, um, trains maybe? No, he just asked me, did I know who he was? And I was honest. I said, no, not a clue. And then he put a face to the name. So, yeah, it was great to meet Rory. Do you feel like a celebrity, Jack? Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely not. I knew somebody was going to say that. Like It's like you were set. Did he ask you for a selfie? Like, you know. No. Huh. Disappointing to sign his arse oh, cheek or anything. Yeah. No, my 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 head my head doesn't fit in selfies, <laughs> so um, it's too rotund, too wide. So unfortunately, that isn't possible. I, I can't believe I forgot about this now because someone uh, coming out of the ground comes up to me and goes, "You better ask Decky about that on the pod now." And I swat the the. Oh, it was only one minute of extra time added on at the end. There were surely four or five minutes should have been nailed on there. It was the ground staff shouting at the of referee. Of course, we made, we... Get them off the pitch. Yeah, 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 Minus yeah, yeah. two minutes, lads. Get <laughs> off. <laughs> there was somebody above in the MFA office with a with a, a laser rifle training on the referee, you know, going one minute max, one minute max. Um, of course, I mean, it was it was a minimum four minutes just for the substitutions alone. Before you allowed, like, for any injury time, Josh Honahan was down injured, obviously. We made, um, was it three or, f- we, like, we, we used the five subs, but I think we did them in, in three banks. So that's three minutes, it's 30 seconds, that's a minute and a half. Um, Rovers also made 
five substitutions. They also didn't trade. So there's three minutes in substitutions, isn't it? Like it's it's a minimum of four minutes. But like, look, it was yeah. He was look. Yeah, I think it, it is what it is. He was instructed like less less time on the pitch is is absolutely the minimum the minimum you can get away with. Uh, Dylan Hennebury comes in. When will the FAI throw on the six one and see what the weather is going to going to be? Absolutely shocking. The cross was barely playable last night, and it will only get worse. That said, where will Cove Watford game be played and the Winter City game? I reckon Dan's back garden. Well, like I was surprised to see them officially announce Turner's Cross today for Waterford and Cove because we left there yesterday going, there's no way that game can be played there, you know? And they announced it. What is it? Corpus right, Friday, exactly. is it? But like there's it's another Saturday, week so. of rain, like not a hope. I, it's not going to head there. I was just going to say, uh, it's rain, last rain all day. T- I just, I can't see it, lads. I can't see it. Gareth the boy Barry, are we having a GoFundMe for Salty Shamrocks and Bitter Bradley because they didn't get a guard of honour? No, GoFundMe days are well and truly over, I'd imagine. Uh, comes in on our Instagram, a reminder we are on Instagram, of course. Would you rather play Cove or Watford in the final? Personally, Watford. Uh, Dickie. Yeah, probably Waterford as well, to be honest. It'd be like trying to choose your favourite child out of City or Cove. No, there's like you keep going on about that, like there's no there's they're not even there's no different distant relations, like 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 Shane Keegan said it to me, like when on the interview he says, You're probably the only neutral hair. Now I wasn't because there was at least fifty Cork City heads down there that I recognised. Richie Holland was there. Um, Dermot Usher was there. There was lads in city jerseys all over the place, you know. So um, there was a big city scouting mission going on in Cove on Saturday. Um, but look, I mean, I want to say Cove because I'd love to see the game played in Turner's Cross and we can all be out there in, well, in my case, 45 minutes. and a lot of people's cases, 10, 15 minutes. And it could be a really, really big occasion in Turner's Cross. But... Like, I'm not afraid of Cove. I'm like, I'm not afraid of them. I respect them. I'm not afraid of them. But <laughs> if they did beat us, like, it's just like, there's no coming back from it. Like, there would be no coming back from it ever. Doesn't matter if we won the first division and then came up and won three league titles <laughs> in four years. You still you you would have still been beaten by Cove in a relegation playoff game, like you know there would be no washing the blood from your hands, you know the stink. You just you'd still be showering in thirty years time, going. I can still smell that Cove relegation <laughs> playoff the defeat off myself, like you know it's just like yeah, like it's like oh man, it's just like could you deal with it, like Eileen. Cove or Waterford? Waterford for that exact reason. Like I work with a fella that's a big, big Ramblers fan and Jesus Christ, I couldn't face him. I genuinely couldn't face him if we lost him. I'd have to leave my job, to be honest. And maybe go and... How many are in the town? Like, they have a big fan base. 
They do. There's not that many in that town. No, they have a great fan base in fairness, especially considering their population. Like it's a it's just a really good community club to be fair to go. Like um and look for a part of me would love a city ramblers find that there would be that massive fear that we would lose to them. Yeah. So for that reason, Waterford. Which wouldn't be particularly fun to lose to either, I should add, but like maybe slightly less miserable. Uh, but there was a few goalkeeper questions came in. I think we've kind of answered them. And then the last one, surely Turner's Cross won't be able for three games in a fortnight with the rain. Where will the playoff be? We've probably answered in other pods, but just sum it up just quick. Dan, that would be, that would be five games in three weeks because the playoff game will be on the 10th. The women's game against Shelburne is there on the <laughs> Oh, well, that's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you, then you have the under-21... Then you have the Irish under-21 game the following weekend. So let's give due credit to all the fixtures. And then you said it'd be fixed. When we were leaving Turner's Cross on Monday evening following the Shamrock Rovers game, they were announcing on the PA system that the next game in Turner's Cross was the women's game against Shelburne on the 11th. I mean... The whole the whole country knows that game is going to be played in Turner's Cross, but look, they could keep announcing it on the PA anyway, sure pretend it will be. Look, we didn't we didn't we didn't we got to jack, jacking off earlier in the day, but uh just play just play the song, Dickie. Just give uh just to send the people home happy. I've been jacking off beating my meat. What, what else, else can, can I, I do? Because my just off with you. I've been jacking off. Sorry. To be <laughs> twice in a row. To be fair, I asked I asked Jack about it when we finished dinner. I said, look, do you mind? And he was only laughing. He was like, it's only a bit of crack, like, you know? Drinking the city players would take, that's, that's take it as such. I think, to be fair, I think. We don't. We genuinely don't know what kind of a relationship we have with the city players. We don't like because we're not. Like one of the things we've never done is approach city players since this podcast started. One of the things we said was, "Look, we're not going to approach city players. We're not going to DM them. We're not going to send them messages and, and asking them questions and all that kind of stuff." Like you know, it's not a route we've ever gone down. So we genuinely don't know what kind of a relationship we have with them because. We don't bother them. And then Colin asked us not to approach them after games and asked them for interviews and that. And we always respected that. Even when he left, I still respected that and have never done it. So that, well, then obviously we got harsed out, so I couldn't do it. But, you know, <laughs> there was a there was a little intervening period where, where it would have been possible to do so. But out of respect for Colin's wishes and rules, we didn't. So we genuinely don't know how the players view this podcast or whether they ever listen, whether they do or they don't. Uh, if, so, if someone is talking about your workplace, you're going to be listening. Giving out about the boss. Probably. Like, like, you'd Im- yeah, <laughs> you'd imagine. Like, I mean, you'd imagine probably, but we've never had any confirmation or anything else, so we can't sit here and say, yeah, the players listen. But, like, I, like, I don't, think people should confuse a lack of quality with a lack of effort and a lack of heart i don't think this season has act, lacked effort from 95 percent of the players 
I don't think it's lacked heart from 95% of the players. We're just not good enough. That's, for me, that's what it comes down to, very simply. It's just, quality-wise, we're just not where we need to be. You're lucky Wayne's not here. <laughs> I look. Eileen, any, any... Maybe we're all lucky. <laughs> any residing thoughts? No. But it's a podcast and I don't think anyone takes it too seriously. Anyone with half a brain doesn't take it too seriously anyway. It's football. We speculate. Okay. We chat. It is what it is. There's nothing personal. Nothing like that. Do I think players listen? I don't know. I was blocked by a former Cork City player who obviously searched his name once on Twitter. Like So I, I would imagine players probably do listen because it's human nature. Um, but what they think of it, I don't know, remains to be seen. That was Kieran Sadlier, by the way, still blocked on Twitter by him. Um, <laughs> I don't even think I said anything that bad. I don't Why know, did he block you? Shit or something. I don't know what I did. I, I actually don't. I don't think I even said anything that bad. I maybe I don't know. I would nothing that bad anyway. Like, but he obviously like searched his name. It wasn't that I like said, "What are you at?" At Kieran Sadlier, but he obviously searched his name. So, like, you know, footballers are. You know? Right, okay, and so, yeah. right, okay. I was once sent a DM by a Cork City captain on Twitter, long before there was podcasts or anything else, where I had criticised um, team's performance. It was in... Yeah, you're going to if I say what year it was, then everybody knows it? who the captain is, so I won't. So I won't. But no, no, Just no, say no, it and beep it out. No, I won't. That's not fair. He's still playing. Um, and I criticised performance and criticize some of the player um things i know to the blue he sent me a dm saying look i saw your man i saw what you said on the thing you're right a lot of what you're saying is correct but i just ask you to stick with us we'll see the season out and you know um we'll give our all till the end of the season and then we'll see what happens in the off season <laughs> i said the back a huge message listed out players by name this fella hasn't done anything in 14 <laughs> games and he's doing x y z is everything else and like the message i sent him there was absolutely no way he could ever reply to it because Either he says, yeah, you're right, or no, you're wrong. If he says, no, you're wrong, I send him another 10 messages and he never gets rid of me. <laughs> and if he says, yeah, you're right, then he's absolutely hung out to dry. So, um, But it was funny. So like players do look at things and they do obviously see what's going on online and times like that. And I always had massive respect for that guy because, you know, he, he came to me directly and said, I saw your criticism. I understand what you're saying. And um just ask you to stick with us and we know we haven't been good enough etc cetera, etc cetera. but like so um yeah but do you think just, you run him out you ran him out of the club now in retrospect the years. <laughs> <laughs> no definitely not definitely not i met him i met no, him see so people are going to twig who it was no it probably doesn't matter anyway but i did bump into him at a game in Limerick a couple of years back and we had a chat and he you know he sh- he knew who I was he he must uh, you know he must just have another fan like, such a shithead just another fan <laughs> no like no that sounds of like of course such he knew who I was shit-headed thing to say like, look no that's not oh fuck's sake like <laughs> no 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 um but yeah, like there's nothing I can say now, so I'm just gonna end it there, like you know. But we did have a chat and a laugh, and 
God, I'm like, oh man, just I'm just glad yeah, Wayne isn't be. here anyway. But when he listens to this, he's just gonna, yeah, oh man. Right, I think that concludes this week's episode of the Other Three Amigos podcast. Uh, I've been saying thanks all the time, so thank you, Eileen, for uh, giving up your time. I know there's a bit of technical difficulties at start, but uh, we do appreciate it, and you're a fantastic, fantastic guest. We'd love to have you on all the time. Why don't you? Why don't you make the move? It's just no. I do you know why? Um, first of all, it's I'm too big a bluffer, and second of all, I just enjoy listening too much. Like I've ruined my Wednesday now. I can't listen now when I'm on it. Like that's annoying. I just want to say now before I go. First of all, thanks for having me on, and second of all. Weren't you brilliant on News Talk today on Off The Ball? Your big boy oh, pants. Thanks, hon. You were fabulous. I, I, tr- I tried my best when Joe when was reading out the, what Bradley was saying to start. I, I felt all the blood rush from my head. I was like, jeez, I, I thought I was going to faint for It's a not Leinster rugby just... comparison. Absolutely <laughs> solid. 10 out of 10. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can't go wrong, Tan. International, international broadcast. Not as well known as you, of course. <laughs> What, 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 I suppose now we're going to call the episode Do You Know Who I Am or <laughs> stupid like that. Or you just yeah, we're not finished yet. Hold on, right? Adios, amigos. <laughs> adios. Try your eyes, mate. All right, adios. Adios. The Other Three Amigos podcast with Damien Shreenan, Wayne Mullins, and Declan McCormack. Three lads, one podcast. <laughs>